Hi, I'm Scott. I'm Seth. I'm Carl. And we are track walking. This week we have one lap of America friend, Honda enthusiast, van pilot, and many other things. Captain. I prefer Captain. Captain <laughs> Carl Hurdle. Uh, yeah, great to be here. Um, I've listened to your other shows, and you've got a, a really good thing going, so happy to be a part of it. Thanks, man. I'll uh, I'll send you 20 bucks here soon. So <laughs> I, I couldn't decide <laughs> if I should just, like sit in a chair or if I should lay down on a couch. Um, so that way, you know, I really felt like I was <laughs> at the uh, counselor's office. Depending on <laughs> we do kind of do tonight, that, don't but, we? Uh, <laughs> oh, for sure. I do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are literal. I mean, you look like you're on a couch, but. I am. I'll just lay down if I need to. Sure. Are the zebras calming <laughs> to you? Well, uh, my rural internet connection makes your zebras look like just a black and white blob. So <laughs> we'll, we'll call it a Rorschach. So anyway, Carl, um, I guess I'll start briefly with how I know you, which is right. not very well. And uh, we'll kind of lead in from there. But I originally knew of you from the one lap of america you worked with uh team hma and mm -hmm. drove some cars and vehicles that we normally don't see uh trying to go fast around a race track that's right which is always intriguing to me because anyone can make a corvette go fast but it's really hard <laughs> to take a minivan, put a turbo on it, strip the interior, and throw like a massive amount of suspension work to make it want to turn. So why, 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 Carl, why, why do you do this? So I work for uh, Honda, and specifically I work at the Alabama manufacturing plant. Um, probably I joined the team in 2012 and it had already been a, a program for I think 10 years before I had joined but when I got the job at Honda and found out about the race team um, you know I was immediately interested and basically found out that we race these vehicles because they're the vehicles that we produce at our plant so like right now uh, we produce the Ridgeline, uh, the Pilot, the Odyssey, and the Passport. So the race team is always racing at least one of those vehicles, representing um, what we build um, to the rest of the world. And yeah, it's a little odd uh, seeing an Odyssey or an MDX or a Pilot on track, but they are uh, shockingly more capable than people give them credit for. I real quick, I want to know about the Ridgeline. Have you guys actually raced a Ridgeline? Um, we have not. Uh, this was before I was uh, on the team, uh, but we did have like a, a rally cross course that was on the property um, that we did some. Uh, some stuff with and i know they had a ridge line that they that they raced or that they you know used for that we have not put one on track yet um 
we have kicked the idea around, um, but just uh, haven't been able to make it happen yet. All right, fair enough. I, I do like the yet in there. That makes me happy because oh, it, it mean, always leaves the, the window of possibility. We're, we're happy to do it, um, you know, but we're part of an organization and everything has to be talked through and agreed with. And, and uh, yeah, so but we're open to it. How, how big is the, is the race team at HMA? Um, I mean, we fluctuate in size. Um, I'd say right now we have about eight dedicated active members. Um, we definitely have more people that support for events and lots of people that kind of support here and there, um, whether it be, um, you know, through budget assistance or, you know, other things other than just wrenching on the cars. Um, but we've got about eight solid active people right now. And it's, like I said, it fluctuates a little bit, but usually we're, you know, around 12, and somewhere around there. So it's not a huge team, um, and we get okay. all done with the people that we have. And it's all after hours stuff. Yep, it's all, all after hours, all volunteer. Um, we, well, right now we're kind of in a holding pattern, uh, but traditionally uh, you just go over to the shop every day after work. Um, you'd put in as much time as you you know, could give and uh, we do our best not to work on weekends to give everybody some time um, but that you know if we've got a, an event coming up and a motor needs changed then you know we'll eventually or inevitably come in on a weekend or two but yeah we, we try to try to keep the weekends off for people to do other projects but yeah otherwise it's just volunteer time I've I've always been curious with teams like this uh, that are volunteer basis and you all kind of help out and pitch in how does it i mean you're one of the main drivers how is the pecking order does everybody want to drive and it just is like cutthroat or does do only a few of you like actually want to get behind the wheel of these things so i'd say 95 percent of the team members want to drive um you get somebody every once in a while that that uh, at least initially say they don't want to, that usually changes yeah. <laughs> uh, as you go on, which is totally fine. Um, we try to provide opportunities for everybody at every level, but as you, the higher level that you want to drive in, kind of it's expected the effort that you need to put into the team. And we've got some like solid ground rules, like you must do this before you can do this as well. But uh, I mean, you really have to put in a lot of time in order to, to drive at certain levels. And because it's a volunteer team, I can't go to an event unless, you know, I have five or six or seven people supporting me. So I have to make sure that those people want to support me to go to these events. So kind of regulates itself in that way. Do you guys, especially this year with, with how messy everything has been mm. from an organization standpoint, um, I know the one, I've talked to you about this on one lap before, um, that, that you guys sort of have to have permission to do events 
on a longer time scale than most of us do because most of us, you know, look at a calendar and like, cool, there's an event in three weeks. We're going to sign up for it. And you guys have a much longer time scale. Do you have any idea this coming year what you guys are going to be able to do? Uh, we had a kind of a preliminary meeting earlier last week. Uh, initially, it was just a, a no. Um, you know, you're, you guys are going to have to hold like you did uh, last year. Um, but we did have an initial meeting or another meeting. And maybe there's some hope for doing an event or two, but it, it'll still be nothing like what we've done in the past. Um, maybe, you know, like I said, maybe we'll, we'll make an event or two, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Some hope, hopefully. <laughs> the The selfish part of me wants to see you back uh, in Austin driving the van around for, because then I get to see you and because I, I feel like you have some unfinished business on that track after yeah. getting slightly smooshed into last year. Um, <laughs> so I want to see you, I want to see you run clean laps. And when you say nobody outbreaks the van, I want people to believe you <laughs> this year. <laughs> well, to be fair, that was the third race. So everybody should have been uh... <laughs> well, right. Pretty clear that nobody <laughs> outbreaks the van. <laughs> uh, spoken like a true race car driver. Now, uh, in all seriousness, no, that van will haul itself down like nobody else on track was. Yeah, those, and so those yeah, rotors are massive. Yeah, I mean, you're you're working with some some stopping power. And just so people know what we're talking about, we're talking uh, early 2020 before everything uh kind of went to hell is super lap battle happens uh at coda and gltc which is the grid life touring cup uh was invited as kind of like a support race fun thing to do along with the time attack and carl in his minivan put up one hell of a fight with a uh can't remember if he was on street tires or slicks but uh an s2000 and it was basically you two absolutely duking it out the entire weekend yeah i i have a really cool picture um where it's it's the van and all you see is the van but if you if you do the old movie enhance you'll see just the tip of a wing sticking out behind one of the corners of the van and that's the s2000 like it is so close. <laughs> you can't see it, but it is right there. Yeah, we had some great battles. Um, obviously, you never want to see it end the way that it did, although it could have been worse, and, you know, it it happens. But uh, it, it was a lot of fun. So, I've got to imagine the aero draft that you could get behind the <laughs> minivan would really just be spectacular. <laughs> Yeah, at Coda, it was it was more apparent than even like at Road Atlanta. But you know, the van's decently powerful, um, even though it's heavy for for GLTC. Um, and we get on the back straight, and we'd be pretty even pulling off you know that last corner um, with the other cars. But you could see about three quarters of the way down that straightaway, every other car would suddenly. Uh, gain, you know, five, six, seven, eight miles an hour on the van just because we hit this giant arrow wall. <laughs> so, uh, Adam, we need a, we need a, 
We need something in the rules for huge cross-section front vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if you, we could do like those uh, those big rigs have those those movable flaps on the the trailer that kind of reduce the wake. Try to smooth it yeah. in. If we could just <laughs> add one of those. <laughs> yeah. I have to have a yeah, like a giant cross-sectional uh, weight modifier in the GLTC rules. Anyone who's <laughs> bigger, anyone who's bigger than X cross-sectional area gets a some sort of yeah. uh, weight reduction. Oh, you, yeah. You know <laughs> we'll what? Get Adam on, we'll get Adam Jubay on that, right? You, that's, that's you know right. what I'm we sure need to do? Right on it. Specialized rules for specialized cars. That's what he's all yeah. about. Yeah, he <laughs> loves that conversation. <laughs> What you guys need to do um, is just take the entire rear hatch off and create some giant tunnels from the front of the car just going right through. Yeah. That would be All of, yeah. that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Anyway. But we love being able to roll up and just uh, pushing the button and having the hatch come up and <laughs> load all your tires and stuff in there and then pushing the button and the hatch closes again. It still has that. <laughs> Yeah, it still does. She's OP. So now your involvement, you've done some wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing. You've done the One Lap of America, which, again, is how I at least initially knew you. What kind of vehicles have you been able to work to bring to an event? I know, obviously, the minivan that we were just talking about, but what else? I mean, I guess just on the Honda race team specifically, um, we've we've driven the the Odyssey that's at uh, that we had at that Grid Life event, the Coda event. That's our our fifth generation Odyssey. That's the new one. Um, tons of potential in that car, and was super excited for 2020. Like had big plans and. You know, we wanted to see that thing running even higher at the top of the field with GLTC, but, you know, things happen. So that's that van. Um, there's another van, the fourth generation, the White Odyssey. Um, it's the, the manual transmission swapped one. Um, it's a ton of fun, uh, but, well, I guess not but, but there's probably eight years of development into that car, tons of custom parts and basically the new van with the limited modification that it has is already faster than that manual transmission super modified van so was that the one with the turbo on it yeah that and to qualify that that's with a naturally aspirated motor okay in it not with the turbo motor uh, the turbo motor saw use in a couple of one laps and ended up getting pulled and a, an Accord uh, naturally aspirated motor put in it so that way we could club race it. Um, sure. We couldn't club race it turbocharged. Um, well, how much power so then, did that thing make? It was in the 500s, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it was low 500s. Jeez. Um, I, it, I, I never saw it in that set up when I joined the team. Um, it, it's basically always been a naturally aspirated um, Honda Challenge car for me. Uh, but, you know, I've heard stories and uh, I know it was awesome. <laughs> How much power is your uh, GLTC van making right now? Um, 
I want to say it's high 260s to the wheel. Yeah, that's what I thought. <clears throat> cool. I've got a dyno sheet around somewhere, but yeah, it's, it's somewhere around there. Um, we've also Endurance Trace and 8th Generation Accord. Um, so the one right after what Seth has, or maybe... Right, the one where they... Yeah. It's one generation, my seventh, where they still had double wishbones and things were good. Yep. And then, and then, uh, <laughs> you guys are. <laughs> no, I have the, to eighth, defend the eighth this. is still good. The eighth is still good. It still has, it still has a, a good suspension setup. I uh, thought they went to struts on the eighth. Ninth generation. Oh, this is, yeah. this is me not knowing my Honda. Ah, it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> It's about to say you got to yeah, some serious a, it, shade. Yeah. <laughs> it was a V6 car, automatic. It's got the, like the, everybody thinks is weak, five-speed automatic transmission. And we've probably put more track miles on that than, I don't know, most of our other cars. It was a, a driver training car. We endurance race with it. It autocrossed. Um, put a couple transmission coolers on it and that thing just ran and it was a, a really good driver training car um, so yeah the Accord I haven't talked about the MDX yet that's the car that we first brought to grid life was one the of MDX. the weirdest ones I've seen I remember when that came to the one <laughs> lap and I'm just like why <laughs> <laughs> uh, again that's that's a car that we built at the plant at the time. Um, so we wanted to get out and show people, uh, you know, what, uh, what the MDX could do. And it's, uh, it's very capable. Yeah. Um, it was not slow. I think, I think in, man, I don't, I don't remember exactly what lap time we were close. Let's do a 149 at Road Atlanta with it on street tires. Something that's way faster than me. <laughs> Somewhere around there. Nice. I'd, I'd have to look. What well, we, whatever we did in that first um, Grid Life uh, event at Road Atlanta, but that was a ton of fun. We got a lot of reactions. Um, I kind of was just looking for events that the team could go to, and just lucked upon. Um, that event and messaged Chris and you know told him we've got some oddball cars to to maybe bring to this event would you be interested in us coming and he was like yeah absolutely so that kind of started that relationship and you know everybody loved the MDX uh, and then the next year we bought the van and the MDX and you know all good all good reactions and like I said, that just cemented our relationship with uh, with Grid Life, and then we started doing other stuff. So it's good, pretty good. Did you guys win? I feel like you won the bracket drags in one lap in the MDX yeah. one year, or oh, yeah, that yeah. was because I feel uh, like we stayed there way. Yeah, we stayed there way too long cheering for you. Yeah, and... it came down it came down to us and the Viper, the ACR. Yeah. And yeah, that was my, my co-driver, shout out to Joseph Thomas. He's the one that, uh, that drove for that. Um, he's kind of our drag racing expert and 
just nailed it. And I still remember, uh, I mean, the whole, the whole, uh, well, everybody that was left up in the, the bleachers just went nuts. <laughs> when, yeah. When the MDX took I it. Can't, it was great. I can't believe a Viper made it that deep into the brackets. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did a great job. The manual transmission Viper. So There's some <laughs> phenomenal uh, old-school drag racers that show up. If you talk to, to some of those guys, there's guys who have, like, thousands of drag strip passes, and then they went into to doing road course stuff. And you're like, oh, so you guys are basically ringers for this thing, and they always advance way, way farther than you expect them to because they're so good at it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was Joseph's background. He was a, a drag racer, and yeah, he just nailed it. We we took. I the... remember how excited he was about it. He was super excited for that event. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> yeah, he totally nailed it. <laughs> well, it's it's really one of the few if one of the few events that you know horsepower doesn't really make a difference. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean we're. We were fairly low horsepower, automatic transmission. We just nail our time every time. And he got his starts right every time, and we were in good shape and took the event. It's pretty cool. So I asked you this pre-recording, but I'm going to ask it again. What was your least <laughs> favorite car or vehicle that you guys ever put out there? Uh, I mean... They're all odd and they're all cool on their own. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, this is like somebody talking about their kids right now. Which kid do you hate the most? <laughs> I hate them all equally. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I, I, I thought I had an answer, but I, I don't know that I can. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, that's fair. All, all of them taught me something. Um, I mean, there, we have cars that were naturally slower than other cars. Like, we've got a, a Civic Type R that we pro race. Obviously, that's our fastest car. It's not necessarily the most fun car. And, you know, you need to drive something else before you can can get to that car. So every, every and, and we're kind of forced to, to have only so many vehicles so every vehicle that we have has to serve a purpose most of them serve two or three purposes so what is the most fun to drive one for you um our eighth gen uh, civic si that's that is the most fun it's an x world challenge car and uh. it's just we bought it built already and it is well sorted and it is fast and it makes great noises and <laughs> it handles well and it's super competitive. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a super fun car. What cars do you have in the fleet right now? You keep, you keep bringing new cars, like Naming to more the conversation cars. here. <laughs> we, we have, we have four cars. We have the MDX, we have the, the silver Odyssey. The new one we have the the civic si and the civic type r those are our four cars right now what happens to the old ones they they have to be scrapped oh that's um, so sad we have one, we have one car like and we'll try to find homes for them um we've got 
a couple of their uh, Honda plants that have race teams. So we'll ask, you know, would you like to use this car for your team or the, the Heritage Center in Ohio? Um, there's sometimes they have space for a car if they're, you know, interested. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, you know, corporate legal stuff, it's, they've got to be scrapped. <laughs> That's so sad. It's always sad. Yeah, so much time and so much effort and just literally crunch it away. Yeah, well, this uh, podcast covers thing, things that are more than just uh, racing, so <laughs> you can study that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like the sadness of crushing cars. Yeah. Like, so do you, do you get, a, most of us get emotionally attached like seriously emotion, emotionally attached to our, our street cars, much less our race cars. And do you guys, since yours are sort of corporate team cars, do you have the same emotional attachment? Oh, absolutely. Do you think? Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, at the end of the day, that doesn't change <laughs> what happens right. to it. Sneak them home or, you know. <laughs> I've got to think that's almost like what it's, what it's like living on a farm and having raising livestock like you know you shouldn't name them <laughs> but maybe you do anyway <laughs> so yeah i mean being on the I, and i'm super grateful for the opportunity um for me to be on this team but you know we're we do operate differently than a normal you know, group of friends or normal professional team. Um, so, you know, there's pros and cons, but uh, I'm, like I said, I'm very lucky and very fortunate to, to have had the opportunity, so. Do you do any of your own racing? Like just Carl out racing stuff or is it or is all your racing? I mean, I know it's probably hard to find the time to do more than one thing, but. So I, I I do, at least in the past, I've done track days and stuff on my own. I've got a, I've got a couple of cars that are track ready that I can, I can take and, and do stuff with. Um, I've got an NC Miata that uh, I'm planning on doing some time trials with this coming year just to stay in the driver's seat, stay competing um, if nothing else works out. And then maybe next year, if we don't get approval to do more racing with the Honda team, I'll look into, you know, wheel to wheel racing again with that car or a different car. But, uh, you know, just trying to stay out there. I've got a, a partnership with a, a local track too, where I run some of their, um, what they call open car days. Um, so I'm out there two or three times a month uh, running those events. And that's one of the primary reasons I got the, the Miata was so I'd have a car uh, that I could just always have out there and, you know, be available to take out on track. That's not horrible on consumables. So what, what have you done to that NC? Because we've got a fairly strong contingent of NC Miatas running around uh, the touring cup now. Yeah. Um, so I, it was a, uh, a not planned Facebook marketplace, uh, purchase. Nice. Um, it was a, yeah, 
it was a uh, salvage title uh, car that was just for you know it was being the the asking price was just so low I couldn't say no <laughs> and then uh, had the you know needed a car for you know, being out at the track that was cheaper than the car that I currently had as far as tires and brakes goes so yeah I, I scooped it up um, it already had um, sus suspension it already had the um, a set of wider wheels and the 245 tires it had an exhaust um, so the, I guess the previous owner had set it up for autocross so it really wasn't that far off um, all it really needed was a set of brake pads um, and then it was good to go ended up putting a roll bar in it um, but now maybe doing some more stuff to it. So, well, yeah, <laughs> not uh, it's not GLTC prepped, and it wouldn't be anything like that until maybe the following year. Um, but uh, it's been a ton of fun. I've really enjoyed driving it. So yeah, I guess for me that that does raise the question. Now that you don't have this time vortex that is the HMA motorsports team volunteering and and all that yep. whatnot i mean did you take up crochet what what have you been doing with your time uh not crocheting <laughs> but uh, i've certainly found other things to occupy my time um 2020 was kind of a, a strange year for everybody i had some really big um life-altering <laughs> uh, events, not just pandemic stuff. So I was kind of fortunate that I had a little bit of a break from the race team, so that way I could handle some of that stuff. Um, and then just kind of started doing some stuff on my own cars. I had, a, um, I had a car that was basically torn down that I needed to put back together and basically found the time to do that. So that was, that was really nice. Um, so yeah, I've definitely kept, uh, kept busy. Did your plant actually shut down for a period of time? Yeah, we were off for, I think I, I was on furlough for two weeks. Um, the assembly line itself, I think was down for a little bit longer than that. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't as long as, as some of the other people that I, I knew were off. So since you're kind of used to putting in hours, it sounds like, and actually having projects, shutdown comes, motorsports is down, can't go to your job. Do you just find yourself like wearing a track in your carpets do you like are you redoing plumbing <laughs> fixtures or can you actually like lean into that a little nah. bit and relax no i i can relax um uh i'm definitely not the type of person that just has to always be going 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 although i can definitely make myself do that um and the honda team Basically, if you're driving or you know doing stuff at a high level on that team, it demands that. <laughs> um, it's it takes a lot of time. Um, 
you, I, like I said, I've, I've done some amazing things because of it. I've had the opportunity to do some stuff that I never thought I would ever would have. So I'm, I'm very grateful for it, but it definitely, like you said, takes a lot of time. I was to say, do you get tired? Like if, cause Scott and I talk about this at the end of the season where we're just, we're just tired and, and that's oh, us, yeah. you know, getting to decide completely on our own what we want to do every year. Um, and I feel like the structure would be, could get tiring uh, more so than like, like if we want to skip events, like if Scott wants to be like, cool, I'm not going to do the next event because, you know, I, I don't want to, and I'm tired and my car's broken. That's different than you guys who are sort of committed to it. Um, does that wear on you? Oh, I mean, definitely. Um, we do our best to, to make our yearly schedule to give us some breaks in between. There might be two events that we really want to go to, but we know that, you know, not only are we going to be exhausted, but we've probably got some work that we need to catch up on in between those two. So we'll just, just have to pick one. Um, so we do our best to make the schedule allow for some time. But obviously you can never plan for uh, the transmission that needs to come out or, you know, that other major work that you need to do. So, you know, always do our best to plan around that. But sure, yeah, it gets, it gets tiring. Is there, is there a set, like, hierarchy on the team? Is it just whoever's been there the longest? Because I'm, I'm trying to imagine a race weekend with a team and with a professional team, you've got pretty defined roles. You've got the driver, you've got the crew chief, you've got the suspension tire engineers, you've got the mechanics, et cetera, et cetera. But it sounds like the roles for you guys are a little bit more fluid than that. So how do you, how does that kind of shake out on any given weekend? Um, well, first it's kind of who's available. Uh, and then we, We'll kind of go from there, but we'll assign roles for a weekend. Um, we'll assign a crew chief, but if you're driving, you're not just a driver. You're also a mechanic or a getter of lunch or, you know, whatever else. Um, we all have to wear a lot of hats, especially going to a pro, re a pro uh, race weekend we typically can only have four of us outside of the plant at a time if we need to miss a day of work. Um, so, you know, we'll get to a pro race with the four of us and most teams um, racing, at least at our level, have, you know, much more than that. Um, so we wear a lot of hats and we cross train as much as possible. Um, so that way everybody can do as many jobs as possible. Uh, also, because we don't know who may or may have to stay behind, um, you know, our our job at the plant always has to come first. So, you know, that throws a wrench in things sometimes too. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, that's the reason we get to we get to do what we do. So, that's that sounds exhausting. <laughs> it it does just the the 
and I don't know any other way to say this than like the the bureaucracy of racing is just from a, a competitor to the organization standpoint, like feels tiring anyway. Because um, sure. I show up to an event and I'm like, cool, I just want to go drive a car on track. I want to go play with people. And there's there's always the the driver's meetings and the tech inspection and you know all those all the things that that feel very bureaucratic in a weekend anyway um and i think i've never i've never played on the pro racing side of things but this is just on amateur club level stuff and i i can't hardly imagine throwing another another layer of bureaucracy on top of that bureaucracy um Scott and I have talked a few times about like what would it take to get you to quit and just be like I want to find a hobby that's not so hard and and you guys don't get to that point I mean do you have people that that are like yeah this is dumb and walk away from it after experiencing it for a while um usually that happens pretty fast um we'll get people that only see the exciting parts of what we're doing and think that that's all we're doing and then they figure out the nitty-gritty and are like whoa this is not what <laughs> we do i mean this is this is a normal theme in any racing or time attack or even track days is you know that one percent that you're on track or that ten percent that you're on track there's 90 more percent that you spent getting ready, um, prepping the car, driving to the event, like, you know, that 10% or whatever that percentage that is, is awesome. It's a ton of fun, but you gotta be prepared to, to put the other percent in to get there. We just have, like you said, another layer that we have to put in to get there. This, this speaks to me personally, since I just spent two hours online looking for metal shims for a rear view mirror and uh, was reminded how much time the little minutia of stupid race cars is um but that's that's interesting to me that people ha can uh, effectively just self-select out of what you're doing that it's clear enough what you what the team is all about and what it takes to be on a team to the point where somebody can join and be like, oh, it's clear enough to me that this is what you're doing. Nah, I'm not gonna do that <laughs> and just go somewhere else. <laughs> because we, I think we see just enough of other people who are drivers, maybe not car people, and they can take their car to a prep shop they can take their car to a mechanic and have that car be worked on and prepped for them or they can just get a car that just largely doesn't need to be worked on but yep. the stuff that you guys are doing you don't have that option that just is part of the program yeah that's right and and like i said earlier um you know you rely on those teammates to get you to an event so you have to have their support. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a shock to a lot of people. And, and we are, and I guess I didn't mention this, but anybody that works at the plant um, can join the team. It doesn't matter what your role is, um, working on the assembly line, working 
for the facilities department or in human resources, it doesn't matter. Anybody can join. Um, but you do have to be willing to, uh, to really join. <laughs> Who is the last teammate you pissed off? <laughs> I love this. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, you're stalling for time right now. You know. Here, I, I don't even need to know a name. What did you do? Uh, we've, we've definitely had some interpersonal concerns that we've had to, had to work out. Um, but, uh, I don't know. We usually, uh, we usually get those resolved. Um, what we're doing at the end of the day, what we're doing is, uh, more important than our individual differences. Yeah. So what... Well put. That was super diplomatic, which brings me to my next thing. Yeah. <laughs> like when if, when somebody like like love taps you when you're racing GLTC, you can't just stick your finger out the window and flip somebody the bird uh, and be like, oh, yeah, I work for Honda. I'm probably not supposed to do that. Um, <laughs> how do you deal with that? Like, like, like having to be on as an employee... Yeah, the you whole, know, how, uh, how do you deal with that? The whole weekend, any anytime you're anywhere, yeah, you, that's. I that mean, sounds exhausting just, to me. <laughs> it's just part of that that pro con. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I'm not gonna say con. It's just uh, that's just part of being on the team. I mean, I never would have been able to one lap twice. I never would have club race i never would have gotten to do the pro race that i i that i drove in in 2020 i never would have done those things without the team um so the what i what i gave up is that worth it to me yeah absolutely is it worth it to everybody no it's not and that's why some people you know choose to do other things other than be on on our team so you know it's you just got to figure out, you know, is this worth it to you or is it not worth it to you? But um, I think if you really weigh it, it's it's pretty good. It's awesome. But yeah, if you uh, if you see us at a GLTC event and we don't act like everybody else acts, it's not because we're we're stuck up or you know whatever. It's just because we are representing our our brand and our company and we. We'll do that in a professional manner. I'll come. I'll come. You sneak fit in you a beer. Pro race. <laughs> do, you, do you fit in at pro races a little better than you fit in at GLTC for that reason? Uh, I mean, yeah, but pro races are just. I mean, the actual on track activity is awesome, but you know they're no fun. <laughs> it's not like the <laughs> event or. Or any other club racing. I mean, nobody's friends. Nobody. Yeah. You know, you're not going to find somebody that's going to come over and. I mean, that's not true. Some somebody might come over and help you. There's, there's some. There's definitely some cool people um, in the ranks, but. Um, on the most, or for the most part, it's, it's business. Everybody's there to win. Everybody, 
you know, kind of some of the things that you've talked about in the other podcasts where, you know, am I just doing this to, to win or am I still having fun? You know, those people are there to win, um, yeah. you know, from the, from the people that are putting the food out to the, you know, to the mechanics, to the drivers, they're there to win. <laughs> oh, I had a question. I just lost it. Seth, go. <laughs> does does that affect how like i don't know i don't know who proposes like on your side who proposes events but does that affect how you guys propose events to whoever's approving your budget like we want to do fun stuff because fun stuff is awesome or are they looking for cor corporate exposure or like i i don't know like what, what's the decision matrix for doing fun stuff versus adequately representing honda I mean, our, our goal is to represent Honda and HMA. Um, we started pro racing, or I guess I, I'll back it up and say, once we did start pro racing, it did do a lot to legitimize our program. Um, we got a lot more attention or maybe not attention, but people started to take our program seriously. Um, so that was definitely a big, uh, help for us when we did start pro racing. Um, yeah, the events aren't as fun, but it really does force us all to skill up as well. Um, so, you know, we do learn a lot from those events and we definitely feel like they are important to our program. Now, along, along those same lines, but a little bit differently in like with your NC Miata, you kind of have autonomy. You've got control, you've got decision-making, you can set where you want to go with it. How do you manage like the hopes? Because almost what I'm hearing is not even, it's not reluctant at all. Again, you just know the lay of the land of how it is with HMA. How do you have like hopes and how do you have like goals that you Carl want to achieve with HMA knowing that HMA is such a is a much larger organization than yourself how do you how do you kind of balance that I mean I guess before the start of every normal year um, we'll meet as a team and we'll talk about things that we want to do. Um, and then we'll figure out if those things that we want to do are things that will benefit the team, will benefit HMA. Um, and then we kind of make decisions uh, based off of what we can do after that. You know, can we do that with the budget we think we're gonna get? Can we be out of the office those days? Um, so, I mean, of course, there's events that I would prefer to do, and there's probably events that um, our other team members would prefer to do, but we'll talk it out as a group, and that's how we have to make our decisions. Because hmm. going back again, like if I pick an event and nobody else wants to do it, uh, I can't drive uh, the truck and trailer and the van or whichever, the, uh, whichever other vehicle to the event and set everything up myself and do everything like that I, I can't 
physically and um you know it's not a team thing at that point it's a it's a me thing and uh it's definitely a team that we're on your team trailer is phenomenal by the way (laughs) anybody who's listening to the podcast who sees you guys in an event don't ogle the van or whatever the civic (laughs) or whatever they're doing ogle their trailer their trailer is phenomenal go get a tour around it it's mind-blowing I gave many presentations <laughs> to get that. <laughs> many you, you did good. And I, I had I definitely had teammates help me, uh, but yeah, that was that was a, a couple months uh, to get that. So what? So what has that been like now that HMA has largely been on a hiatus last year and this year? Have you enjoyed the transition of? working largely with racing as a team and then shifting more as just you going out on a track day or a weekend or something like that. Have you enjoyed that transition? How do you see the pluses and minuses? What do you think? I mean, I'm kind of the type of person that just tries to make the best of every situation. So I've definitely enjoyed some of the things that I've been able to do, um, you know, kind of with the break that we've had, I've kind of told myself that, you know, I'm planning for worst case scenario, you know, what if we don't get to, to start again? What if we don't get to do these things again or, or it totally changes. So basically just trying to do everything that I can to carve out another niche that, you know, if I if I need to just do this now, then I'll still be happy. So it's been interesting, and you know, I've enjoyed the change of pace. Um, I did the race team thing for, or have have done it for six and a half years. So getting to to shift and refocus on something else has been has been a good change. So my. My daughter wanted me to, uh, she wants me to ask every GLTC person this actually. Night races, GLTC, uh, underglow or no underglow? Oh, I'm fine with it. <laughs> There's so I, much I area put it on the van? under a van for underglow. <laughs> you, ha- you have to. No. I, I have not done a night race yet. Um, with GLTC, uh, we just did the two. We just did Road Atlanta and we did Circuit of the Americas. And Road Atlanta was kind of a last minute decision. We were gonna do, I think we were just gonna time attack it. I think we're, yeah, I think we're just gonna time attack it like we did the year before. And then it was like, well, what if we just GLTC it? Cause it's not that far off. And then we took it and it was, it was amazing. <laughs> um, if for like I guess some some background history I know we've kind of already talked about it but 20 we brought that van to GLTC in 2017 completely stock um, and it did a I think a one did a 153 like stock 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 <laughs> stock brakes stock tires uh, the vacuum in the back, um, everything. <laughs> Did a, a minute fifty-three. So that was um, that was a fully loaded van. Then all the fully options. loaded van, tires screaming, alignment. Um, 
No, no alignment, nothing. Uh, Those we, tires hated did, you. We yeah, they did. We put high. I think we put high temp brake fluid in it, but that was it. Um, and and did a one fifty three. Um, the next year we did a build at the track. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but we had a big whiteboard and we brought like uh, we brought suspension, we brought tires, we brought wheels. We bought we brought um, like four piston Brembos to put on. We stripped it at the track, like everything, and went from that that 153 baseline all the way down to a 146 um, in a weekend. Like that last night on Saturday, uh, everybody left or everybody went to the concert, and we stayed and we plastic dipped a livery onto the van, <laughs> so that way Sunday. <laughs> like the transformation was complete like now it was on it was on like we did a a run on slicks you know don't well we told them and we weren't competing but we ran it on slicks um you know, we had the livery we had an exhaust we had uh, you know the inside stripped um, i was so gonna was really i was gonna cool. ask run run down the the mods you did so you lightened it up you did coilovers or suspension <laughs> wheels tires what else yeah well we did we did front coilovers we didn't have anything for the rear but that gave us camber plates so we were able to put some camber into it um, we had an exhaust that we prefabbed and brought um, did an exhaust we put we had a, a tune to take out um, the speed limiter um, and some other things that we didn't want for the track um, yeah, we stripped it. Um, we had the four piston Brembos um, with rotors. We had a set of wheels, um, tires. Uh, what else? That was mainly most of it. And we had an intake for it. And that was um, seven seconds. Yeah, that was that was seven seconds. Um, and then. The year after that, we came and we brought it. Um, you know, we didn't build it at the track that year. We built it at the plant. And we we got rear suspension. Um, we we sorted some other things out. Uh, we did a 142 with GLTC Jeez. in the van. So it's just getting faster. So, like, so quick. <laughs> it it dry like it's. <sighs> It's not so much at GLTC anymore or at Gridlife anymore, but if you show up with it at any other event, you know, at first people, you know, they see it and they're just like, oh, you know, what is that doing here? Like, you know, not even crazy. It's just like negative connotation usually. And then you you go out and do a session with it. And then everyone's like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, what is this thing? What have you done to it? Like. You know, how much horsepower does this thing have? And we're like, oh, well, basically stock horsepower. Um, so it's it's very interesting. Um, nobody, especially if you race it, and again, GLTC, grid life's kind of not, or taken away from this, but if like we've club raced it, this and the previous one, nobody wants to be behind the van. <laughs> so... <laughs> you have to be ultra careful in traffic because people will make decisions around the vehicle that they would not make normally because 
there is no way they should be behind this van. So they just get frustrated by being behind you. And yeah. I mean, the the things a school yes. bus compared to most <laughs> GLTC cars. It's it's a, trying to pass a battleship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most cars you'd be you know pulling ahead, uh, but by the time you're or you're beside the van, you're just now pulling up to like the front door where you'd already be around the car <laughs> with other vehicles. So there's a lot of ego involved with the van. There is. So you, that's just something you gotta you gotta watch. Interesting. So 2021 is looking sparse. You're a guy who likes to look on the bright side of pretty much everything you said. <laughs> so what's your plan this year? Uh, since you do still have free time, more free time than you usually would with HMA. You've got this NC Miata. Yep. You help run some open track days. Um, you took up crocheting. I mean, what uh, what else is there for you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I said, uh, I'm going to do a, a season of time trial with the NASA Mid-South group or region. Um, running those open track days. I've got a lot of um, instructor days with other organizations that I'm probably going to do as well. Um, I mean, looking at my calendar already, I've got plenty of events. Um, I do want to make it out to some of the Grid Life events. Um, they just opened, or they've got a new one at Heartland Park in Kansas. Yep. I'm originally from Kansas, oh, nice. uh, so I want to I want to make it there because I can actually have my you know depending on what the rules are, but have my friends and family actually come and see me at an event. Nice. Um, it's difficult for, especially in this region, for them to, to be able to travel um, and see me. So there is only an hour and a half away from uh, most folks, so won't be won't be bad at What's all. What's Heartland Park like? You like that track? Never been. Okay. Uh, I I uh, didn't do anything really. Well, I did nothing track related uh, growing up. I didn't do anything car related growing up other than um, after buying my first car, just doing basic maintenance on it. Although I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> I think I had my first car for six months and someone asked me if I had changed the oil on it. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's beginning. been a huge, yeah, yeah. Very, very humble. Um, not something I picked up from my parents or, I mean, I had friends that were definitely into cars, but, you know, I never had the chance to, to turn a wrench or do anything. And, and, and I didn't get to do that until college, um, did the, the formula SAE thing. And that was my first autocross was in the, uh, FSAE car. And that was like cheating. Uh, cause basically. <laughs> all the corners were straight lines um yeah. that's the first time I, I caught oversteer that was pretty cool <laughs> so <laughs> always remember um, your first time yeah that's right because uh, everything else i had driven was front wheel drive so here i am in this you know 
tiny open wheel motorcycle powered go-kart <laughs> but uh yeah that was good learned a lot on that team um my first ever track day was actually on a motorcycle um seth. good i like to hear about that motorcycles yay yeah yeah <laughs> seth you'll appreciate this this brief story but uh after i graduated i bought a uh a 2000 WS6 Trans Am, um, and I went to nice. I went to go look at it, and I rode my motorcycle, which was a, a Suzuki Katana at the time. And I pulled up to the guy's house, and he had his garage open. And the car was sitting there, and um, I could see that he had two bikes in the garage. Well, I think he had three bikes in the garage, but I could only see two. And one was a Ninja 300, or I guess it was a 250 Ninja at the time, and a 636 Kawasaki, both track prepped. And ah. yeah, yeah, safety wired, all that good stuff. So we talked about motorcycles for like an hour before we even got to the car. So bought the car. Three weeks later, he called me. He said, hey, I'm going to a motorcycle track day in uh, at Motorsport Ranch in Texas would you like to come? And I was like, well, that sounds like a good time. Guy on Craigslist that I bought a car from. Sounds exactly like what motorcycle guys do. Yeah. So uh, he's like, well, I've got room in the in the truck for your bike. Um, why don't you bring it? That way you can you know, ride it around or whatever while you're down there. I was like, okay. So we loaded up. We went to Motorsport Ranch and... I don't remember which organization well, organization it was, Sport Bike Track Time or, or whatever, but uh, they were like, hey, well, uh, if this is your first event, we'll rent you the leathers for free and it's half price and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I got to do it. So here I am on my Katana <laughs> that had zero track prep and, you know, I had new tires on it so it was good and i had a blast and i can still say it's probably one of or probably the i'm not gonna say the most fun i've had on track but it's right up there um with all the car stuff um leaning into a corner and the acceleration it, it was it was awesome but um you know comes with some downsides and then once I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, join the race team, I just kind of went towards cars away from away from bikes. But that that was my cool story. Do you have a set of leathers? Yeah, I do. I uh, cool. So if so, if I get you anywhere near me, I can put you on a tiny bike on a cart track, yes, and we can go ride. Absolutely. Yeah, I bought it. I bought a set when I moved down here, um, just because. You know, I had so much fun on the bike and Barber is right here. Um, so I was like, oh, well, I'm going to do some bike stuff. And then, like I said, join the, the Honda team and then no time for bike stuff. Just just car stuff. Well, if this year's slow, we're, we're going to have to figure out a way to get you and I at the same place. Uh, there's actually uh, Motorsports Ranch Crescent has a new little track okay. that um, buddies of mine are members of that's supposed to be for a kart track, like fast and flowing and really good for the bikes. Cool. 
So uh, we may, you and I may have to do a thing this year. <laughs> Sounds Seth good. Seth will I'm, preach I'm the gospel of motorcycles anytime. <laughs> Tiny motorcycles specifically. Uh, so it, uh, I've seen that and it sounds fun. It's ridiculously fun. And when you fall off, like my daughter crashed today, she was probably going 35 or 40. And she, like, she got on the throttle and the, the bike tracked out. And she was like, cool, I'm going to do this. I'm going to save it. And she didn't. And the rear wheel dropped off the cement and she just cartwheeled she cartwheels and the bike's coming over and there's dirt flying and she stands up and she looks at me and she just gives me a high five that's awesome and i'm like cool that worked so that's the advantage of tiny motorcycles is you can do dramatic things and then you just stand up and you're like i'm awesome yeah <laughs> so if you could pick i I don't want to call you the master of weird vehicles but you've you've been able to drive enough like cars that are well outside of your normal track weekend uh, I, got, I gotta jump in real yeah, quick go. can you can you guess the first car I ever passed on track was was weirder than any of the cars that we have and it was on the one lap 2015 I, I just I always remember this because I think it's so weird which is a, the first car which is a rare occurrence on the one lap anyway yeah, but given what this vehicle was, what were you, what were you driving? You were driving the van. Who was running in 2015? When I was driving the MDX, so that that's kind of another interesting. Um, I'm I wasn't supposed to be driving that year. I was supposed to be co-driving, but we had um, our our main driver wasn't feeling well, so I had to kind of step in, and it was the first time. I had driven kind of a small local track here, but High Plains Raceway oh, was my very first track. That's a that's a hell of a track. Drive, <laughs> to ever drive in competition and really ever like the local track that I help out with here is Talladega Grand Prix Raceway. It's a five corner flat safe track. That is where I had done one or two track days. High Plains Raceway was my very first. Uh, so know, many blind turns. Competition lap. Um, and I passed a replica of the family truckster from. Uh, I was going to I was wondering who was like going to be lined up around you. And I had a picture of that. I'm like, nah. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, my performance was good enough to move us well out of that group, but I always think back and laugh that that was the very first car I ever passed on track. Two, two <laughs> pretty large cars <laughs> passing at yeah. high planes. God. Yep. Well, and then he then he ended up in my group for a bunch of that week. Yep. Ahead of me because I was always like, yeah, you guys need to be ahead of me because I'm in merely in a 550 horsepower <laughs> station wagon. You guys definitely need to be in front of yeah, me. Yeah, little did you know, I had barely driven uh, going into that week. That makes me feel even worse. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so what's the so what would be one of the stranger vehicles or a vehicle that we would all maybe describe as strange and not 
really something we'd normally see at the track that you think would actually be pretty good? Oh, man. Or is it the whole Ratatouille thing where not everybody can be a race car, but a race car can come from anywhere? (laughs) I mean, uh, I don't know. If if you're passionate about any... um, chassis you can probably make it work on the racetrack um how much pain you're willing to go through or money vice versa is kind of up to your own personal threshold (laughs) but uh if you think there's something cool and weird out there that you want to see on track you could you can definitely make it happen i mean the the vehicles that we race the odyssey the mdx i mean Yes, like especially the White Odyssey, we we put a lot of R and D, a lot of prototype parts, a lot of a lot of hours into that to make it what it was. But a lot of them, with minimal modification, they were still pretty good. Um, we also always make sure to drive the cars as best we can, also, and that that makes a a big difference. I mean. I've seen plenty of, you know, 911 GT3s at a track day that are much slower than they should ever be. But uh, you know, we we do our best to drive our cars um, in in a way that represents their potential. So, well done. <laughs> what what event or what track? What's on your list in terms of things that you would like to do? Uh, at least for this year, um, I've got a couple of NCM events. I've really wanted to get back there. Um, I did it twice on the one lap and just loved it. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting back to there this year. And it's only, I don't know, four, four and a half hours away. So it's, it's not too far away. Um, so yeah, definitely want to get back there. I'd love to see some of the West coast tracks, um, we every once or during the pro races or yeah when we were racing the accord we did a couple of pro races at laguna seca and that was cool to be there um didn't get to drive it but uh you know love to get out there but also being on one lap i've been able to cross off some tracks that never thought i'd ever get to see like palmer motorsport park and road america and you know some of those oddball places high plains raceway like never would have never would have gotten out there otherwise so i'm very fortunate to have uh, seen some of those places uh, with that event and configurations of tracks that not many people get to run yep that's always the cool part for me just knowing that we were able to do the donny brook up at brainerd um which isn't isn't a configuration i was told that is run too often that it's mostly the club sport track because usually don't get a chance to run down a mile long straight away into a heavily banked (laughs) turn to you know see what the car can top out at yeah yep well cool seth you got uh any last minute thought I don't. I was just going to 
ask him who this would be our, our normal corporate thing like who do you want to thank who do you want to plug um make make sure you get your mileage out of this oh i mean i kind of already said thank you to to honda and to hma like couldn't have done any of this stuff without them uh, <clears throat> awesome opportunity so we've we've always had sponsors that have helped us um with that too um and you know that's been very beneficial we've had like k-tuner and carbotech and rv6 developing one-off parts for vans that you know will probably never get sold to anybody else but they're crazy enough to come along with us and you know make these parts and <clears throat> help us go racing so yeah big shout out to to those folks i do have to like like my one one more story Please. um but uh, my very first uh nasa race my very first club race after doing the one lap for a couple of years and doing track days and time trials um but uh you know went to competition school and uh the day of the race and qualifying um we got a little rain and i was driving the white odyssey and um, at comp school uh, yeah at comp school and well yeah past past comp school and went into qualifying for my very first race um in the wet and we qualified first in class and first overall jeez I'll give you, wow. I'll let you on a, let you in on a little secret. The van is phenomenal in the wet. Um, front wheel drive, heavy, heavy on those front wheels, good diff, long wheelbase. The answer to um, problems is more power. <laughs> so yeah. car feels skittish, more power. Uh, rear end coming around, power. more power. Yep. Um, so. It was funny because we we went to the driver's meeting before the race and they were talking to me and they said, hey, well, um, you qualified first, but usually we let the uh, the newbies like start in the back if they want to. Would you like to start in the back? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who's going to say no to that? <laughs> we won the race overall. What what was the margin? Did you actually did you even have That's anybody phenomenal. on your butt? It, yeah, it was it was close. Um, we had a couple of cars that were really close to passing us and a couple that spun like probably right before they were going to pass us because the track was really wet. Um, but yeah, so that was my very first race. <laughs> Shoot, it's almost a mic drop moment. Just walk away at that point. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it, it was, we were the team, like we were, we were ecstatic. Um, it was, you know, the conditions came right and drove a good race. And it was, it was awesome to see the van, um, on the podium. Uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Man, that you could have just given a speech after a win at a NASCAR event with that. Like to thank the team. The car was great. Conditions were right. Everything just came together. We just set up, ran our race, and uh, I'd like to thank the HMA motors. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Carl, thanks for uh, yeah. thanks for spending some time with us. 
Yeah, no problem. Really enjoyed hopefully, it. Hopefully, uh, so, hopefully we'll but, get to see you actually at an event at some point this year. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be out there. Um, I'm assuming you're gonna do some more GLTC races and plan. yeah, I'll I'll be around. So good. Yeah, we're gonna try to get Seth uh, up north a little ways for uh, for some GLTC things too. <laughs> Uh, all right well for the three of us here um please like and subscribe the podcast rate us and review us it really does help to enable other people to find the podcast and they're searching and we are at track walking podcast on instagram and facebook and track walking chats is our little uh community chat on facebook as well where we post articles kind of share stories and go from there so maybe the question for this episode is what's the strangest vehicle you've ever driven and uh why do you love it uh yeah so anyway for the three of us here i'm scott i'm seth this is carl and this is track walking and we'll talk to you next week take care